From Kent School in Connecticut, I'm Matt Austin with Trebles Going. Today, John Schreiner from Boston talks about constructing academic delight. John Schreiner, welcome to Trebles Going. Thanks for taking some time with us today. My pleasure. Happy to be here. So we met in Boston uh, some of the times that I've been up there ringing. Did you grow up in Massachusetts? No, I grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and uh, went to Kalamazoo College, and mm-hmm. that's where I was introduced to bell ringing. I was on a call with someone from Kalamazoo a couple weeks ago, and you know, I'd love to get out there and see what it's like. Can you sort of paint a picture for us? Can you describe uh, both what the college is like, if you want to pitch it to our high school listenership, and also what the tower's like and what the community's like out there? Well, Kalamazoo was a wonderful place to grow up. Very, very active arts scene and music scene. The college is a small liberal arts college on a hill. Just beautiful setting. Very engaged. One of the great things about Kalamazoo is that they send a very high percentage of the students overseas to study, although I'm not sure what that currently is. Right. Uh, I had the opportunity to go and study in Hungary in 1985 as part of my math major. That was Wow, wow. Both for the tie-in to mathematics and for the political situation at the time. It, that must yes, have been fascinating. It was, it was an interesting time. And when I was on campus, they celebrated the sesquicentenary of the college, 150th anniversary. And part of the celebration was installing a new set of change ringing bells in the chapel. That seemed like something interesting. And my first lesson was immediately after the peel finished. And the the chapel is a beautiful space and the bell tower is attached at the relative west end. And the ringing room is on the ground floor right off of the narthex with two curved staircases going up one each side and so it's a it's just a beautiful little setting yeah beautiful so that was the dedication peel i obviously that was an outside band brought in were they the ones who started up the instruction or was there someone local who had spearheaded this who was already proficient and was going to be developing the local band? Kalamazoo was a hotbed of handbell change ringing. Uh, T.J. Smith, Jeff Smith, started that initially as a freshman crash course and handbell ringers were already going strong for several years and Jeff was the driving force behind getting the tower bells in the chapel. Right. So the NAG very recently inaugurated an award uh, named after Jeff Smith uh, to be given to young ringers. And I wonder, you know, could you could you tell us a little bit about Jeff? I didn't know that you had that very early experience with him, but if you were learning to ring from the man for whom the Young Ringers Award is named, uh, I'd love to love to hear your reflections on him as a teacher. Jeff was an eloquent, brilliant, generous, enthusiastic child. (laughs) When he went into any subject, he went in 
100% and was enthusiastic about many things, uh, accordions and spinning tops, as well as bells. He was just a wonderful, kind, generous, eloquent person. I think I took one class with Jeff, a differential equations class, and uh, he had his his enthusiasm for differential equations was just as much as his enthusiastic enthusiasm for ringing. When he was doing differential equations, they were the most important and fun and playful thing one could ever do. And when we were ringing, that was the most important and fun and interesting thing one could do. So you're an undergraduate learning to ring. How many were involved, and in, in, in particular for you, what got you hooked? What What is it that kept you coming back? Uh, both the the patterns and as well as just the physical getting the bell to do what you wanted it to do. Um, ringing, ringing mm-hmm. a tower bell has always felt like a bit of a dance to me. And uh, ringing it with a bunch of people uh, is sort of the ultimate teamwork thing that one can possibly do. There is no way that you can ring a little bit louder to stand out to other people. You can just do your job well, and everyone will appreciate it. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but it, it it's a lot like how I think of liturgical music, where, at least when I'm involved, I feel like the goal is to do it well enough so that you're not standing out, so that you're just supporting everything that's around you. Yes. Uh, I, I sing in several choirs and uh, enjoy being part of a section much better than having anything solo to do. And certainly in a tower, um, we, we, we prefer being part of the section rather than soloing. Yes. Although I will say, um, a, a, a woman in my neighborhood, we live about half a mile from the tower. We're on campus, um, but we're about a half a mile away from where the where the tower is. So you know, on a clear day when it's not too noisy, you can hear it very nicely sort of ringing down the valley. Um, and a woman came up to me when I was walking outside the other day and said, you know, I, I love hearing the bells. Um, it's so neat, you know, this all this sound that just sort of comes down comes down the river. And I just love it when you do that thing where all the bells but one stop and you hear that one ringing for a minute. <laughs> you said you were, a, you were a math major, but I know that now you're an organ builder or organ repairer. I'm not, I'm not sure really what the proper term is. Uh, how, did, how did you get into that? I was involved in choirs at my church as I was growing up and also in Boy Scouts and uh when I was looking around for an Eagle Scout project, I asked the choir director at our church if I could restore a piano that was in the basement of the church. And he said, oh, no, no, that's that's much too difficult. Why don't you build a harpsichord for us? <laughs> and, and I said, okay. The church bought a Zuckerman harpsichord kit 
And I built that with other scouts and other friends. And that instrument is still in use at the church. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Uh, I had, I built another harpsichord from a kit for a, a public school in Kalamazoo. And in college, I was looking for a summer job and interviewed with a harpsichord builder in Washington, D.C., and also interviewed with the Taylor and Booty Organ Company in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And they were building a large organ with four keyboards, and they introduced me to mechanical action, where behind this particular instrument, there was a place for somebody to pump four bellows, and all of the linkages between the keys and the pipes were mechanical so you could play this giant instrument and make all sorts of noise with no electricity whatsoever and i thought now that's cool so now i'm i'm curious as a college student on summer break interning uh with a, an organ company building a gigantic instrument like that what sort of work are you actually doing um are you crawling around and just tightening and loosening screws while people yell at you in the in the tightest of spaces are you the one sweeping out the insides of pipes that have been sitting there for a hundred years tell us tell us what it's really like well uh in the end the organ builder did not have any money to pay me and the harpsichord builder in washington dc did so i wound up working for the harpsichord builder which for me was fortunate because i was also able to go and take ringing lessons at the cathedral and the post office. So I, I wound up working mm -hmm. with the harpsichord builder, and some of that work was sweeping the floors. But uh, I also learned how to make a keyboard and did a lot of work polishing and cutting and refining uh, the keyboard. So uh, I got to do a wide variety of work for them. So the answer is, um, if I if I am looking at a job as an intern in the summer uh, building organs, I may end up building a harpsichord instead. Yeah, our shop, the the Fisk Organ Company here in Gloucester, Massachusetts, we have had summer interns where you get to do more of the actual organ building. So it's been a, a good summer job for students through the years around here. So a little bit of ringing in D.C. and uh, still ringing presumably back in Kalamazoo when you're when you're back there for the school years. Uh, after college, were you have you been ringing continuously since then or have have you had to be on hiatus at any points? Right after college, I came here to Massachusetts and worked for about four years with the Fisk Organ Company. And I did a lot of ringing at that point mm -hmm. and uh, met my wife, Catherine Lesh, at a Church of the Advent practice. And after four years, Catherine got a job at the University of Toledo in Ohio. So off we went. So I've had probably a 20-year hiatus in my ringing uh, between time in Toledo, which was 10 years and we mm -hmm. we would go up to Kalamazoo and visit my mom and go ringing every once in a while, but not sure. all that much. And of course, once the kids came along, that 
became a little more difficult. Right. And then we moved to Schenectady, New York, and we've been there for, oh goodness, um, 18, 19 years now. And that I didn't get very much ringing at that point either. But now that the kids are out of the house, I've started working again with the Fisk Organ Company in Gloucester, and I've gotten to do a lot more ringing in the Boston area again. In in particular, I, I asked you to come on to talk to us today because there was this really interesting project that you sort of spearheaded uh, last fall and winter. So this was, I guess, into winter of 2019-2020. Do, do you mind walking us through just sort of the the instigating idea and what what it is that ended up bringing the world academic delight major? Sure. I tend to follow the news and noticed at one point that the you know, former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, was in the news a fair bit. And I learned that while all of the hearings and things were going on, uh, she had to go back to the Kent, Connecticut area to make arrangements for a memorial service for her mother, which was sad. And I learned that her mother was mm-hmm. had been a teacher at the Kent School. And were were both of her parents teachers at the Kent School? Uh, yes, both in the in the language department. Uh-huh. Wonderful. And so I thought uh, that it would be nice to show support in our own way and ring something in memory of Mrs. Yovanovitch and decided that could be interesting to name a new method. So this is um, this is about when I became aware of what you were doing because you reached out to me and verified that you understood that you had the details correct of the Ivanovich's connection to Kent, and both the parents were teachers here, and Ambassador Ivanovich was a student here. She was a faculty brat. Uh, it's it it was fascinating to me because I got I ended up getting looped into this this ring of emails that was going around with you and some other people who were thinking about it and were starting to puzzle out how you might compose this and what form it might end up taking. So can you walk us through, if if I set out to compose a new method, where where do you end up starting? What does the blank page look like and how do you start to fill it in? And some of these conversations that you're having with the other ringers and and trying to ring some little test pieces, how that evolves and how it came to when you finally settled on the particular method that now is academic delight. Yes. Well, so I had a reasonable understanding of method construction, uh, thanks in part to Jeff Smith and my time in Kalamazoo. They, They had named several minor methods, and they also had taught me to think about place notation and the general structure of a method as it relates to handbell ringing and trying to get a a bigger picture of everything. So my goal was, it being the Kent School, to come up with something that starts out with the characteristic Kent places to get the treble to dodge in the one-two position and then something that is reasonably not spiky for the remainder of of the method. 
And is that is that because of the size of our bells? Uh, it's more that I was looking for a method that would be something that ordinary bands could learn if they wanted to. So I was looking for something that, other than the Kent places, was just a right place method and okay. had chunks of work that you could you could compartmentalize and and run with. So I used you can you can enter place notations into the composition library to create a new method, and I also worked with a blue line generator website where you could enter place notation and it would show you what the result would be if you if you went with that so so you were you were playing around with something that had a little bit of a kent feel and you were looking for some some other pieces that would be approachable to uh bands who had not composed the method the method themselves um i see i see in the email chain there's some mention of looking at. It looks like Farnsworth Delight might have might have been influential. Is that a, is that a method that you knew already, or was that the, something that you somehow stumbled across as you were doing this? It it is a method that I stumbled across is probably the right word. Uh, eventually, I did find a database that showed named delight methods sorted by the place notation. And so I was able to look at a clump of things that started with the three, four cross three, four Kent places. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Farnsworth method looked like it was fairly straightforward. And the thing that caught my eye was that for uh, five hole pulls, both the one, two and three, four positions just had five dodges. And I thought, well, I wonder if instead of just parking in that position and dodging, we made everyone hunt. And that would get you a little more variety in the music. Mm -hmm. And while my, my early ventures into trying to create a method had been just throwing place notation at the website entry forms, I realized that taking an existing method and tweaking it might be the better way to go. <laughs> so after I saw the Farnsworth method, it looked like there was there was some room there to tweak it in a way that I would like. So then um, at some point you uh, settle, settle on what looks like a composition that um, certainly on paper should be ringable and sound nice uh what do what do those early practices look like um they they wound up going pretty well we handed out the 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 blue line to everybody and people took that home and came back the next week and there were uh certainly some crunches but uh people got up to speed fairly quickly and it was first going for plain courses and then short touches you you mentioned the the band that you're working with i i feel like we should 
give them the credit that they're due. I know people can look this up on Bellboard, but you and John Bin, Margaret Pan, Bryn Ryan Sadler, Elaine Hansen, Phoebe House, Leland Kuzmer, uh, and Austin Paul were the eventual band uh, that did come come down to Kent to ring the naming peel. Uh, naming quarter peel. Sorry, sorry, yes. naming quarter. <laughs> did you, I don't know, did you have much feedback from them as to how the how the composition went and how ringable it was and what were the tricky places and what were the easier places? Uh, they they commented, but they they people seemed to be on board with it. And I I think maybe the word we're looking for is construction, method construction. But when I hear the word composition, I I think about where the bobs and singles go. Which is a good point because I actually wanted to ask you about that. I was I was looking at my notebook and I was seeing the word composition. Um, because I'm I'm curious about that also. If you've if you've constructed a method, now there's also the task of figuring out your composition. How how did you do that, and what what was your thinking there? Well, Don Morrison is a is a tremendous source of knowledge on the composition front. But in the end, I went with a standard composition for a quarter peel, just. Uh, the tenor goes in, out, in three times. And one nice thing about that composition is that you wind up with three courses with five, six, seven, eight in the right places. And in this particular method, that gets you some five, six, seven, eights off the front and eight, seven, six, fives off the front. Mm-hmm. So it was a simple composition with this method gives a very musical result. So now let's let's say that we've inspired someone out there to try doing this sort of thing themselves. Um, what advice would you give someone who's trying to tackle this? You know, what did you learn from this process? Uh, well, I learned that even a small variation in your place notation can get you to a lead end that is not does not conform to the standard plain bob lead end structure mm-hmm. so while methods like that can still be workable they require a lot more infrastructure to understand whether or not your compositions are going to be true right so the first thing i would check every time i put something into the the generator was what do the lead ends look like it's almost chaotic in the mathematical sense you know that that small change leading to a, a wide divergence of outcomes right whether you get a, a single path for the working bells or get multiple paths which gets you into the class of differential methods which i wanted to steer clear of um, so turning away for a moment from academic major, curious about where things are for you now, John, ringing-wise. Are there any particular projects that you're looking to tackle next or goals you're working on with your own ringing? Uh, well, I'm always looking to ring better. And the naming of a method has has occupied me. I learned not too, too long ago that uh, when my son Martin was born, some 
friends rang a peal and named Martin Treble Bob Major, which is Kent Major, except that you also have five, six wrong places. Oh, interesting. So, so you get to the same place, but you can wind up cascading your way all the way from sixth place down to thirds place across the lead. So that was very nice of them. And then I thought, well, gee, my daughter, who is a mathematician, mm-hmm. does not have a method named for her. Right. Once once you set that standard, you've got to keep it up, Dad. Yeah. Well, I'm not I'm not sure she's interested in having me name a method after her, but by playing around with various other things, I think I was interested in Glasgow Surprise Major at the time and the the four or five dodge at the half lead. I got myself to a method that had the uh, figure known as cat's ears mm-hmm. occurring both right side up and upside down in several places through several of the play spells. And so when we can get together and work on it, I would be interested in naming that method Alia, which is for the name of my daughter's cat. <laughs> but the I should I should say that the um, the whole Boston ringing community helped in learning academic delight major that many more people than the quarter peel band had learned it and worked with us on on ringing courses and touches. So I'm grateful for everyone who was with with that. Absolutely. I also got a great education in how one makes an extension of a method. It turns out that there are rather strict rules for that. And I am have now been steered towards an extension path that when we have the opportunity, it would be nice to ring and name the Royal and maybe even the Maximus versions. Well, it sounds like maybe you'll be coming back to Kent or when, when Trinity opens back up and head down for some 12 bell ringing. Yeah, that would be delightful. Oh, John, what a, what a great landing. You stuck the landing there. So John Triner, it's been great to have you on Troubles Going. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been great talking with you. Once again, that was John Triner from Boston. On our next episode, we'll hear from Laura Gooden. We'd love to hear your feedback. Tell us what you're ringing, how you're doing, what you'd like to hear, whom you'd like to hear from. Email troublesgoingpodcast at gmail.com or head to troublesgoing.com where you can find show notes, listen to other episodes, subscribe to the show, leave a comment on an episode, or contact us. If you like the show, please mention it to your fellow ringers. Thank you for listening, friends. 